Hello and welcome to the Fizzle Show. What is up, everybody? I am Igor filling in for my good friend Chase. We don't have a regular show today. We have something way better. I'm turning into strong bad. I'm so sorry, everybody. I'm turning into strong bad. Oh no! What's up, entrepreneurs out there? You could trying to make trying to make business. Oh, I can't do it anymore. I could do this all day, <laughs> but I don't think you'd listen to it all day. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Fizzle Show. My name is Chase Reeves. I've got on the show with me Corbett Barr and Aiden Fishbein, and we are going to talk with you today about something that is essential for your entrepreneurial journey. You know, you're trying to build a business, right? You're you wanna you wanna create some independent success, some independent wealth, some some side income. Wherever your vision is, right? There's just like a little thing on the side, or whether it's like a really big thing. I want to employ a bunch of people. I want to change the world. Whatever takes all kinds. You're gonna have to go through the the <laughs> what I keep hearing. Uh, again and again in, in like Buddhist circles, like the gateless gate. <laughs> You're gonna have to go through the gateless gate of of like deciding what you're going to do, how you're going to do it, dealing with your own expectations of yourself, <laughs> processing the massive amounts of disappointment that may come your way every day as you let yourself down in pursuit of this dream. And you can forget about it. You can go like, oh, I'm terrible at this. I'm, I'm worthless at this. And you can just give up. But then you're just like, like what that's, what's that going to change in your life? Like you're, <laughs> you're just giving a safe spot, right? Just may, like maybe more angry. Just more like painted into a corner, right? So for, for, for a lot of us out here building businesses, you know, building a business is it today, it, you don't need a bunch of venture capital. You don't need, we've got the internet. We can, we can connect people to a, a, an idea that's worthwhile, to a solution that solves a, a valid and real felt problem for them, right? And so we have this enormous amount of, of opportunity to make something and just get it out to our, trickle it out over time to our fans, people who have similar concerns and hopes as us, right? So uh, in light of that, there's one big issue. There's one huge, huge issue that we come up against. We just, it's like a, it's like a fight between two ways of thinking that goes back, some say, to before history was being recorded by humans. Aiden, tell us about this fight that has been going yes. on in our psyches for this is an ancient struggle <laughs> for millennia. Yeah, um, this is, and it's it's not going to seem dated because it's always it's always being talked about in some capacity or another. But this is the idea of um, perfect versus done, uh, or in other words, you know, um, doing th- getting things, uh, doing your best work, or or simply getting things done, and. Um, what we've got going on for this conversation is, um, you know, what what is this philosophy of B minus work? Um, the good is the enemy of great. Uh, quality over quantity. What's what's the right one? Is there a right answer? Um, and uh, yeah, I hope we're we're going to see one hell of a bout uh, prize fight here and see uh, see which one kind of <laughs> takes the prize. So Corbett, in your mind, set up the difference between these two ways of of looking at things. Yeah, I, I mean, I think you could look at this as um, a black or white issue. You could think about it as, in terms of like getting something out the door as quickly as possible 
and we can talk about the pros and cons of doing that and, and the benefits and so on. Or you can think about waiting until something is absolutely perfect. But the problem with that is perfection, absolute perfection, doesn't really exist, right? It's something that you can continue to chase because that last you know, 10% or whatever becomes more and more difficult to uh, attain as you go on and, and you can keep reaching for it and, and the goal keeps moving a little bit further because there's always something else you could be tweaking about your work, right? So uh, whether it's a piece of software or a book that you're writing or, or whatever. So to me, it becomes more of a question of uh, shipping something as quickly as possible versus some definition of per- perfection that that isn't absolute. And, mm. and I think we'll talk about that today. So maybe in my mind, it's more of a, a dial from get it out the door as shabby as possible. Or as um, we talked about before, I think, Chase, you weren't on the episode, but we talked about this concept of first drafts. I think that's by Anne Lamott. Oh yeah, it um, is. Who came up with that, with that concept. And um, so first drafts versus uh, waiting until something is really good to get it out the door. And, and, um, and the, the, the reasons for doing those two things I think are, are quite different and I'm excited to talk about it today. Okay, so I'm hearing this idea of these like first drafts that are kind of crappy, and in Anne Lamott's world, that's just like the the um, like that's what a first draft is. Like a first draft has to be that because if you're if you're if you're trying to make it better than that, you're really just playing with yourself. This is something that's fascinating in the writing world. Like I think I think a lot of people who are writers know all about this issue, and they know all about what you just said, Corbett. In that like that tweaking, there's always something you could tweak and change. Right? There's always something you could change which could potentially make it better. At certain points in my life, there's been lots of projects where like I couldn't tell if the changes I were making were making it better or worse. Right? <laughs> While I was making them, it felt like I was improving them. When I went through it again the next day, it felt like I might have messed it up more. Might have made it harder to understand. Might have made it more convoluted. Right? So this concept of the crappy first drafts from Anne Lamott is, is like, especially in a writer's world, um, when you're working on a story, when you're working on an article, I've experienced this thousands of times myself in, in the articles and, and scripts for videos and courses and stuff like that that we've made um, here at Fizzle and, and, and before that even, right? Um, there is this, this sense of, of wanting, like I always want to make something great on my first <laughs> pass through it. Do you remember writing like papers <laughs> in college? Like I would write papers in college and I would just be like, Oh, I got this. Like, this is going to be like, it's not going to be easy, but I'm, I know what I'm going to write about. I'm going to put it together as I go. And it's just going to be good. I'm just going to turn in whatever I put it together. Right. And then, if, then by the end of it, like I, it happened every time I would go through, do get probably 75% of the way through it and just feel like there is not an ending in this thing. There's this, like, I don't, I'm not actually saying anything. I'm just like collecting facts. You know, and then I'd have to go back and and eventually I would be a struggle, a fight against. Am I going to am I about to rewrite this whole damn thing? Am I about to actually do that? Like for this crappy college class, I'm going to rewrite this whole thing. You know, and it wasn't crappy college classes. I was at a really badass college. But that that like that uh, (laughs) that inevitable like sort of fight and then getting to like, oh my gosh, I'm going to I'm going to rewrite the whole thing, and I have to spend way more time. But I'm like, isn't this what I'm in college for? And then the paper comes together, and it's like, it's okay, it's just okay. 
<laughs> but at least it has at least it has a spine you know uh let me try to make a <laughs> let me try to pull this back into into what it's like to be an entrepreneur i mean i think most things in life are are a lot like school wouldn't you, would you agree corbett like it's like there's a lot of things in school that like life is just like I think it depends on which school you go to, right? <laughs> yes. Street totally. school. Totally. So but the drinking think, part, yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think um I think Chase, what what you're circling around is and Corbett actually also kind of touched on this too, which is that it is hard to embody and own both of these philosophies. There are it's it's like a lot of things too where there are two camps um a lot of the time. And um and there's obviously pros and cons for each belief structure within each philosophy kind of self-contained inside that one. Um, and I think, you know, the, the big takeaway for this episode is going to be that, you know, there is no right one. It is both. Uh, but I think there's an order to them because uh, you just talked about kind of like this, you know, if you if you have kind of a target like passing the class, um, it could justify some corner cutting. Um, and maybe it's justifying B minus work, but maybe it's justifying even worse work. And maybe that could taint your reputation if you are too in the getting shit done camp, right? So how do you marry that with the desire to continue to hone your craft while also tempering that with not the unrealistic perfection that you were talking about, Corbett? So shooting for the for the stars, expecting to hit the moon, uh, always shipping, but always improving is, I think, the idea, um, at least for me in my life that I've found <laughs> kind of effective. Um, not always easy to embody that, but I think that's what I'm trying to do. Okay, so this this problem exists. It's it's intense. It's like you're gonna wake up in the morning and be like, "What should I work on?" Right? Like, take me, Aiden, take me through like how this challenge, these the struggle between these two ways of thinking in your mind, how does it, how, how does it affect like your average everyday fizzler out there? Or, or maybe a story from your own life. Like you wake up in the morning, maybe, maybe you, you are very clear about what you need to work on. Maybe you're curious. You don't know what, what you should work on. Take, take me through like how this dialogue in our head or how these two voices, these two different points of view actually affect our daily life. Yeah. And I'll speak at it from, um, I don't think this is a rare, uh, classification, but I'm definitely in the camp where I've kind of by default been good at always having that goal oriented mindset. I'm, I'm the guy that gets, you know, I'm, I'm the guy that gets done. Um, and that's my default mechanism. So I am way more, um, likely to cut corners when I shouldn't be cutting corners and to actually skew my perspective of what's important. You know, shipping is about getting things out and getting money in, but that's, that's really the means. That's not the end. Um, that's what helps me get to whatever my, my goal is. That's not my goal. My goal is not to ship things fast and to make money. My goal is for that engine to provide some, some sort of lifestyle that I've dreamt about. Right. Um, like living in Sevilla, for example. Um, so I need to really, really, really stay vigilant in the, um, what can I be doing every day that is actually practice or what can I be doing every day that's improving my craft? Um, so if that's getting, um, you know, learning more about, uh, design, mm, learning more about, uh, kind of creative advertising or film production or, uh, creative writing or copywriting or things like that. Those are the crafts that I sometimes rest on my laurels and don't improve because the results of money and business growth are keeping me satisfied when in fact they're not fulfilling me. Mm. So that's one side of the perspective. 
sometimes I do swing all the way to the other side. And I think most people will relate to this if they're creatives. Um, and, and maybe Chase, you can tell me if, if this is like more like you, your craft is like your essence and, um, perfection is really showing the world, um, who I am and how much I value myself. I often tie my, uh, my creativity to my self-worth personally. So when I've, when I've swung to the other side of the, uh, of the spectrum, what uh, what happens is, um, you know, my customers are are really really aware of of how much I care. My reputation is thriving because you know quality is really really good for your reputation. But these high standards sometimes get in the way and keep me from getting things out there. They also keep me in my head and demotivate myself. I get into like this self critical mindset. So wait, and, what, um, which part? Because I think this is huge. All right, this is yeah. this is like like you just. We just popped into a whole big can of something <laughs> might, right there. You might bing. <laughs> no, I was like a bing, bing, bing. So, so hold on. The self doubt. Where? What voice is causing the self doubt? The self. The, that's the perfection voice. That's the quality. You're not good enough. That your stuff is not as polished as it should be. You're not spending enough time. It's not creative enough. It's not uh, imaginative enough. Or it's not. Or the, the idea isn't baked all the way. It's not. Um, and that's where the polished thing comes, you know, I'll spend, it's an 80, 20 thing, you know, it takes 20% of my time to get an 80%, uh, result driving thing. But from that 80 to the hundred percent, it's like a thousand more hours mm. than maybe the, the first handful. So the self doubt, uh, creeps in from, from kind of that quality perspective of my craft is my self worth. And then it incur- it gets me spending way more time than I probably should and delaying the shipping potentially to the point where my business could fail. So that's, yeah, that's, that's the way that works for me. Okay. This is interesting. Okay. Because this is something a lot of people have experience with. A lot of people have experience with their own inner sort of critic, right? Their own voice of the critic. Some people it's like a drill sergeant. Like for me, it's like pretty drill sergeanty. It's like pretty, it's pretty aggressive. It's pretty like languages like UPOS, like a lot of cussing in my head, a lot of, a lot of, and I, and I like, it's almost like I don't know where this voice comes from. I don't know why he's so aggressive. Right. But it's just something that it's like, I've cobbled together like characters from movies, like the full metal jacket drill sergeant and like, and experiences with my dad. And I, (laughs) and I just threw them all together. And like, I've like created this little one, this little, (laughs) this little guy in inside my head. That's just constantly, this is, uh, that has been constantly berating me around it, not being just like what you said, Aiden, it's not imaginative enough. The idea is too half baked. Um, right. it's not high enough quality. Nobody's going to buy this. Like nobody's interested in this. You're desperate. You're just like literally a desperate person trying to get people to pay attention to you. Yeah. You know, it's like, there's a lot of ways that you can really cut through and tear all the motivation out, out of your, um, all the wind out of your sails. You know what I mean? Like yeah. just like all of the, all of the momentum, all of the, you know, so a lot of times I see people going to a Tony Robbins event or something like it just to get just to get like excited enough to to like try the thing right which is like it was like we rally ourselves we do a lot of breathing exercises and we rally ourselves just to try to defeat this inner critic right and i think so much of this dialogue is and that's by the way that's defeating the inner critic just up front you know yep. <laughs> yep. finishing it enough to like open to crack open the notebook and like start to try to have like what obama called his book the audacity of hope 
right? Like it's like this, this, uh, this incredibly, uh, I don't know. It's like to hope about yourself and the work that you could be doing and the potential results from that to hope about that is to make yourself one of those dreamers. You know, and dreamers are cheesy. Dreamers can be so cheesy, man. Oh my gosh. I just travel around the world. Like I, I travel around uh, like a handful of places right now and I meet a lot of people. A lot of people are dreamers and I love it. I love it. And I also am like, and like, dude, don't ask me, don't ask me to make your dream work, please. Cause there's always a lot of, there's like, I have sense a lot of like, uh, expectation on that. And Corbett, you, Corbett, have you, have you experienced that where it's almost like people come your way? Um, they feel like you have something because you have this success and fizzle. You have the story of being an entrepreneur. You have the story of uh, the real life experience of taking that massive sabbatical and leaving a startup that you had raised a bunch of money for going off into Mexico, really kind of like figuring out other possibilities, finding a path that's right for you. You know, do you find that people approach you oftentimes almost thinking like, like this guy has got something for me? You can bequeath well, it simply. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just um, just think back to who you were like 10 years ago or, or whatever and and how you there's this belief that someone else can give you permission or take you under their wing or, um, you know, maybe like, like Aiden said, bequeath you with some sort of like special powers or knowledge or uh, deem you as someone who is like capable or something. There's, there's something that you believe you can get from someone else. And, and so you kind of wander around hoping for that to appear. I remember um, a long time ago, this is kind of embarrassing, but I used to fantasize about, um, remember the Smashing Pumpkins? You guys yeah. were yeah. fans, hopefully. Obviously. Uh, I used to fantasize about meeting Billy Corgan for some reason. Yeah. He just really? seemed like, like a dude who could teach me a lot. And now yeah. I watch interviews with him and I, you know, he's, he seems like a hard dude to, to know, but obviously super talented, super smart, but that's beside the point. For some reason, I, I just like felt like if I met him for some reason, he could teach me something about my life that would allow me to, to do something extraordinary. And I don't know what that was, but I know Chase, you've talked about that before as well, putting someone on a pedestal, but, but eventually, you know, you also kind of have this belief. I think that ideas matter a lot. When you talk about dreamers, these are people with ideas, right? Mm -hmm. Well, if only, you know, the world was like this, or I believe that, you know, if, if I could build this thing, it would change the world or, or whatever. And those people just kind of wander around thinking about that thing and, and, and talking to people about it and never really doing anything about it. And I think it's partly because they're looking for someone to give them permission. It's also partly because it's just fun, right? It's like being an armchair entrepreneur or a a wantrepreneur. It's It's just, it's just kind of fun to do that. And Um, you're getting all the dopamine. Real guts. You're getting all the dopamine from it. Like you get exactly. to pretend you're, you're really getting the feeling of being an entrepreneur, even though all you've done is like made another diagram in your notebook, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's about the, and, and this kind of gets to the heart of the the topic today because there's a big difference between doing work that feels good versus doing work that gets results. Mm. And at the heart of the issue between, um, perfection versus done or, or perfect versus done or um, doing your best work versus just shipping something is this idea of 
are you making something better? Are you seeking perfection in this work because being known as, you know, a, a person with great creative ideas and ability to execute and so on makes you feel good? Uh, and you're afraid to release something to the world that somebody might think is an inferior product, or are you avoiding putting your thing out there because deep down you have this this sense of insecurity and worry about whether or not somebody will actually buy this thing or use this thing or if it'll be valuable or whatever. And those are all normal feelings for us to have, but there's a dangerous trap where you continue to pursue perfectionism in the name of, well, if I make this product great, then people are going to love it and buy it. But in reality, uh, a lot of times you're shooting yourself in the foot because you're not getting that critical feedback from customers. Even if it's negative feedback, you need that feedback from customers so that you can improve. Yeah. Okay. So there's, there's so much swirling around here. Okay. This is all really good. And, and, and it's exciting because listener, you need to know, and you probably already do know, like you probably can tell you've been in this spot, like you've, you've dealt with this kind of thing. And, and honestly, you probably have a sense that if you could figure out what to do on this one thing, how to just navigate and manage this, watch this, this one sort of dynamic over time, there's a, there's an, there's a massive amount of improvement in this. Okay. If you can sort of mindfully watch what you naturally do. Okay. Because all I'm asking you to consider is that right now you might be like up to now in your life, you might be a little bit in a trend towards the work I put out in the world is what is like is a definer of if I'm a valuable person or not. You know, like the work I put out in the world defines my identity, defines my, you know, whether or not my mommy and daddy love me, basically. I mean, not, and I don't mean that facetiously at all. I mean, it's just like, that's just what these baby souls, they're just, they're just craving that stuff. Man, you could go take crazy, crazy substances out in the jungle like me, and all you're going to experience is what it's like to, to be you as an infant again, right? <laughs> and all you wanted as an infant was love. That's it. That's all these, that's all these critters do. That's all they want. That's all these little humans want, right? And then they have, they have dreams and they have visions and they have like, <laughs> they have things they want and they're frustrated. They can't communicate it. And there's all sorts of other things. But when that essential sort of like, you know, sense of identity or place is, is out of whack for some reason, which, which it was for me. No, no bad. You know, it's not my parents' fault. This is partly, it's mostly my fault. I think, uh, I was like unwilling to give, to, to let that, <laughs> anyways, I could get into that for hours. But, um, but this sense of if you can just, you know, t- like inside yourself, take one step back, watch yourself, watch why you feel the way you do about this project. Watch why for me, it's the most instructive when I'm really excited about something, when I get kind of manic about something at some point, like, cause I was dealing with mania and depression at some point I would like, I, you know, and I think a lot of us do, we have these like, you know, Hey, bipolar is one and two and all this other stuff. It's like, Oh, are you on the spectrum? Are you this? And I'm like, listen, man, being a human is a bipolar organ like like exercise <laughs> it's, it's like yeah. have you ever felt sad and then and then later Check. on you felt happy and you didn't Check. know why it's like dude and in entrepreneurship all you're doing is you're you're walking into this right so so one of the best things any of us can possibly do is to notice when we're excited or manic or uh and i don't mean man- manic like you haven't slept in five days <laughs> 
like, I haven't quite been there, but I've been. I don't uh, not mean it though. <laughs> I don't not mean it though, right? But I mean, even just the regular l- level of excitement that we get about an idea is oftentimes for me, I'm excited that I think it's actually going to work, and it actually working matters to me because now it means something is different about me. Mm. Do you hear that? It means that something's going to change about me. Something I don't like currently about me is going to change, right? And all of my work in, in transformation stuff, all of the success stuff, all of the coaching I've been studying, all of the like history of years and years paying attention, teaching and helping entrepreneurs, being an entrepreneur myself, learning as much as I possibly can. It's like, dude, <laughs> it's like again and again and again and again and again. Any meditator will tell you, any like psychedelic tripper will tell you, anyone in therapy will tell you. It's like the transformation comes from accepting what is, not from getting like more clear about what you wish would happen that plays a really important role the desire and in the future the destiny stuff the the what you're attracted to the what you want to pay attention to the what you want to create in your life the manifesting right that's all very exciting and it's an important part it's a but like for a lot of us there's a there's a first part of that which is just taking inventory which is just taking stock of where we are. And I think that this is one of the most powerful assets that we have when we're bouncing between perfectionism and, you know, like an overly protect, perfectionistic sort of way of thinking about, which is it, which is, it is a way of protecting ourselves. Perfectionism is protection. Okay. You're not a badass because you want it to be perfect. You're a wimp. Mm, right you're protecting yourself what are you protecting yourself from exposure it's super scary to put something out there it always is and it kind of always will be even when you've been on a hundred stages it's still scary to get up and talk on a stage right but you know how to do it it gets fun it gets exciting you there's different payoffs same thing with like you know again skiing it's like if you if you're like a really good hella skier <laughs> like it's going to be scary every time you pop off the tip of that thing but you're going to be you're going to you you do it because you're glad you have done it you know right. you, you, do, you do it because it's like ice baths like you do it yeah it's painful to do but afterwards for like hours and hours there's these amazing benefits from it and so pretty soon before you get into the ice bath you're thinking about that instead of just how cold the ice bath is and that's a great example <laughs> of what it's like to actually pursue you know your destiny or your 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 manifestation fucking your dreams whatever it is right like is because once <laughs> your you, vision board your, yes. your, your pinterest thing whatever you're doing like the the there's a feeling you know there's this famous quote about writing like i don't like writing i like having written right, right? and that's like anybody who's been a writer knows that feeling and oftentimes there's a there's a, when you get mature there is a way for that having written feeling that happens in the future after I've written this thing I can kind of like take a loan out from from that energy source from that feeling and start feeling it now and now I'm not up my own arse as hard I'm not critical of myself as much because I know I'm just skiing down a hill I'm just doing what I do right you mentioned this Aiden about like the difference maybe between other people um you what was the distinction you were, you were like they made me more of a creative is what it sounded like you were saying for me like the um the hold on I have a note on it somewhere uh Aiden's goal was to provide some sort of lifestyle that you've you've dreamt about right um improving your craft sometimes I do swing all the way to the other side. Like maybe this is what it's like for you, Chase. Your craft is kind of like your essence. You're showing the world who you are and how much you value yourself. Right. Am, right. I, am I getting that right? That's totally right. And, and what, just to bring it back to 
maybe the kind of person that I mostly identify with, um, doing, showing your, uh, getting things done for me, um, is sometimes a cop out if I am doing like B minus work because I'm not actually, I'm getting things done. I'm putting it out there. Um, and I'm not, I'm not worried about the world judging me for my self-worth because what I've put out there is not actually my full self because I am not a perfectionist. So I haven't actually, I'm not stuck perfecting something, sitting on something that's so close to perfect and being scared of showing the world. I'm the kind of guy that always sends it out so far from perfect that if anybody ever judges it, it's not me that they're judging because yeah. I know it's might be minus work. So I'm not sure if that's healthy. I'd like to unpack this a little bit. I'm not sure if that's healthy because I am getting things out there. Right. But I'm also, I'm all, I think it also keeps me from improving yeah, iter- well, it's iteratively. A, it, it could be another way of protecting yourself potentially, but it could be a good way of protecting yourself. Right. Cause what we're, what we're talking about is, is and Corbett really put the, put the, like the linchpin in this conversation that we had missed before. And it is just this, you can, it's just a Corbett favorite. It's like a famous Corbett saying, it's like, you can crap in one hand and wish in the other <laughs> and see which one fills up first. Right. And see which one fills up first. The what fills up first is the results side of things. Right. So if you're starting a business because you want people to pay attention to you, and if you are, you should admit that it's like when, when you work with people sometimes and you realize that they actually really resent their kids. And that's not a, that's not a, a like a thing that, that like people want to admit about themselves. They don't want to see that. They don't want to see how mad they are at their kids for what their kids have done with them, to them. You know what I mean? But if they could sit and, and actually acknowledge that there's this all this potential for those relationships to flourish and grow and step into authenticity there instead of just like trying to keep the story sort of going. Uh, let me try to land this back to, to where I was going. Because, land the train. <laughs> land, land in the train. Let me dovetail this in here. Um, the, <laughs> the, the sense of, of not putting out something, of putting out something intentionally not you right? So that they can't judge you. They're just judging this work. There's something to be learned from that, that that could be extremely valuable, Aiden, right? So that could be, that could be right where you are right now, right where you're supposed to be, right? It's exactly there. Cause there's definitely seasons I've noticed in my life where it's just shipping. There's this yep. real value in just like learning that you can just make crap up, put it together, like story brand it, put it together in Evernote, make the note, film it, grab, you know, just like shove it together really fast. <laughs> get put it, it out. Put it out yep. there, have some energy about it, get it going. Like it's launching and, and you do you do the launch thing enough and then you're on to the next thing. You know, right. you're just on the next thing because you're just in movement, you're in motion. You're and in here's motion. The thing. I think... So if you're going to have any problem, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm just going to be bold and say my, my problem is the best one to have Mm -hmm. Um, because I wouldn't even be having this conversation if I hadn't shipped D minus work and it made me some money that supported myself so I could have this existential issue about whether or not that quality was good or not. I can now, I have the resources to get better and, and heighten my quality because in the past I've shipped. So, so that's kind of, I, and I think, yeah, that, that, that is my point here. If anything, I, w- I would love the listener to take away is that if you could prioritize figuring out how to ship, even if it's awful, awful, awful stuff that will provide the runway for you to hone your craft. If you do it the other way around, you may never be able to hone your craft because you're not pulling in resources to do it because you're not shipping and you need to feed yourself. <laughs> 
and you can't. So um, I think I think that's a good direction to do it. First, get good at shipping. If you don't get good at that skill, you'll never have a chance to hone your quality or perfect your craft. Um, and then you can always be improving and striving for perfection, um, but always keep shipping. You know. Um, so yeah, that's yeah, it. That's no, the thing. That that and so this is for the listener in case you're 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 not picking up what's going on here. Aiden has uh, like kind of a thesis an answer to this question. Like, should I do my best work? Should I focus really hard and make this really good? Or should I just ship it? Right. This is, this is, and I think you, you did something really kind of important there. You talked about where you came from. And I think Corbett, you, Corbett, would you feel the same about your story? Do you feel like you're only where you are now because you shipped, you know, C minus sort of work or, or something like that in the past? And, and you've built up on top of actual shipping of things instead of, uh, you know, ideals about what a thing could be. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. Um, I don't want it to sound as if you have to always ship D minus work, right? But I think a lot of us have to kind of start there. Uh, I mean, it's it's amazing looking back, you know, over almost fifteen years or whatever, being an entrepreneur and recognizing how much room I have given myself to be a perfectionist and how potentially harmful that may have been to certain, you know, goals and milestones. And yet I'm still here and it's still worked out. So you, you know, there is some room for perfectionism, uh, whether or not it's good for you or your business, you can pursue it a little bit and still make it. But all of us, I think who are, are here and successful at some point have figured out that we need to get something out the door. And Either that means that you take on your grand vision and ship it at D minus quality, or I think the the better alternative is to radically pare down your vision to something small. So to take the example of a writer, we were talking before about writers, you know, you could um, work on a novel, your first novel, and if you decided to be a perfectionist about it, your first novel could take you five or ten years. There's all kinds of stories out there about people that took that long to get something out there. And imagine mm. the risk, the enormous risk that you're taking that you're going to finally release that thing and everybody's going to go, so what? Who cares, right? Yeah, yeah five so years instead, gone. instead, what's that? Five years gone. Yeah, exactly. So instead... What I would recommend for somebody in that situation or somebody who is an entrepreneur and has some software ideas or somebody who wants to build some sort of an online course or whatever is to pare that down, to do the writer's equivalent of releasing a short story so that even if you want to be a bit of a perfectionist, you're only working on one chapter instead of all 20 chapters. And so you can, there's a little bit of room there for you to be a perfectionist and still get it out within a reasonable time. Because, you know, as I said earlier, the goal of this is to put something out there so that you can start interacting with the people who are going to consume it. Mm. Because that's where you get the the most valuable thing, which is feedback from your potential customers. Yeah. Yep. So you can pivot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is so this is a really big point that actually we're all we're all sort of saying at this point, like I have to agree with this when I look back on on the web design work that I had done previous to meeting you, Corbett, for example, right? I was completely making everything up as I go. I didn't take any lessons or, you know, trainings and what good design was. I just had opinions. You know, I just I, I thought I knew everything. I was cocky in some ways. 
But I was also like humble enough to, to, to listen to clients and to get them something that they really wanted, right? And uh, even though every time I w- stepped into that, I didn't know how I was going to do that because I knew for sure I was a fraud. <laughs> like, I'm, yeah, I'm, not, I'm not the real deal. Um, how am I going to convince these people at the end? Of, and I was working with some decent clients. Lies. Like I had some friends <laughs> that like were in, in kind of high places online. And so they were connecting me, not to people who are making tons and tons of money, but people who are actually earning a living doing like, you know, affiliate marketing, blogging, all sorts of stuff like this. And so I was making lots of websites for people. Um, and I would look back at that work and I would say, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty D plusy. It's pretty C, C level work. There's some, there, I also look back at it and see some of it that's like, you know, at that time for this kid, like that's actually a pretty good website. You know, yeah, that's actually, like relatively, was yeah. it B minus or was it D at your level that time? Totally. Re- regardless, B minus, yeah. Regardless, mm-hmm. though, regardless from where I am now, it's utterly embarrassing work, right? <laughs> <laughs> right? Yep. Now I can tell you the story. I, I'm not embarrassed by it that much because because I like I like the kid who did that. Right. I really am really proud of that kid who like was hustling. Like, what was he doing? He was trying to start like doing web designs for people. He has no history in business or anything. He's just mm-hmm. making it all up. Right. Totally fly by the seat of his pants. Like, so I think he's a very courageous kid. I think he's he's kind of got some talent, too. But I look back on it now and I go like, yeesh. <laughs> and part of that is just because the the standards have all changed and all, all sorts of stuff. But the point still stands. The only reason why I'm, you know, where I am today is because of all of that work I did then. And then like, you know, the 40 plus courses that we made in Fizzle, like what I'm realizing going around the world, talking to people who, who are like, everybody's trying to get their business online. Everybody wants to be like a platform. Everybody wants to have like a damn essential oil, you know, like strong downline, you know, and they're on their, <laughs> on some like some network marketing scheme, thing, you know, some like, yep. and everybody wants to, to have courses online and to be you know, invited to come like lead meditations at yoga retreats or some crap, you know, it's like, People just want stuff. They want the stuff. Um, and the only reason why I have, like I can go get a lot of stuff that I want right now. That's what I've learned about my life. And that's not necessarily because I did some stuff that has, that's seen by other people. Like my YouTube channel being, you know, close to 50,000 subscribers. Like that's a really big deal for me. That's just a big visual indicator to other people that it's like, it's not nothing right? That's significant. When you ship stuff and you, you do some work and then there's some like, there's those like vanity metrics that can actually matter. Like how many people follow you on some given thing is like, it's actually valuable when you're reaching out to, when I reach out to companies all the time, when I reach out to people and for partnerships and opportunities, I'm, I, I get to just drop that little thing and do it tastefully. And like, and that, that's useful. It just speaks to the work that's been going on. And this is the train that I really want to land here. It's like the work that has been going on. (laughs) You know what I mean? The work that has been going on. And this, again, tying it back to Corbett's linchpin idea, which is it's the results of that work that you're actually wanting. It's the gluten-free crackers on the table. If you haven't listened to the show for a long time, like, you know, we're at, what, 305 Uh, episode 305. 
the like the, I don't know the first like 200 episodes of the show there was like mention of gluten-free crackers in just about every one because my son had picked up like some parasite in Mexico and we had to go on these crazy you know dietary things because all the doctors we took him to they're like we can't like we could like flush his system with antibiotics but we know about this parasite it's not going to kill him it's going to it's going to greatly reduce him but it's not going to take him out so it's like we're like hey let's keep let's keep the gut biome and we'll just go gluten-free I guess <laughs> and so the whole thing was gluten-free crackers are expensive <laughs> Right. They cost the point money. Of fizzle yes. was to afford gluten-free crackers. <laughs> they cost. It. They cost money. That's the result, man. That's the result. Because when your kids are hungry, you know, when your kids are hungry, and a lot of dads and moms out there, they know this feeling, uh, or they or they haven't yet quite needed to get there, and they're and they're grateful that they haven't, right? That their kids never got so hungry, and they and and they never been in a situation where they didn't have something to give them, right? But that's the result. The result is. As Aiden mentioned, like the lifestyle that he sort of dreams about, like making that happen more so than making this individual thing a success. Um, now, it makes me think of this question of uh, like what I'm hearing. Okay, I'm hearing two things. One of them is like uh, my work is me versus my work is a tool for someone else. Right. I think this is a huge distinction and an important one for modern entrepreneurship. Right. One of them is is I am a performer which I like a hundred percent resonate with. And I'm like, dude, killer, be a performer, like go be on stages and go like, go do that because it's confusing to try to be a performer in the entrepreneur space. Because the truth is as an entrepreneur, what you're really, what you're really being hired to do is to solve somebody's problem. You know, you really want to solve their problem. Now, for those of us who are performers, like we want to do that in a, in a way that's very us, you know, in a way that's True. very like, like how I would do it. And a great, honestly, I'm not to toot my own horn, but my YouTube channel is a great example of that. Like, it's just a gift. I have no idea how I get to do that right now for a living. Right. And I don't know how long I'll get to because I, the internet, who knows if it's going to, it's like, it's making me literally crazy, you guys, because I'd feel like I can't trust it. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's done going nuts, but I've got spreadsheets to prove that money is being made. <laughs> but I still, I'm just like, I don't know. But the, the, the thing is, when you watch those, if you're, if you are the ideal customer for that, which is you're interested in making a, a purchase on a probably $300 travel bag. And there's probably be, if you do your research, you'll find there's at least two, possibly four or five options that you and your spouse are like, are taking really seriously and you're going to get into it and you're going to do some more travel in 2019 or whatever, right? And you don't know which bag to go with. Well, you do a search and my re- video shows up first, like in Google and in YouTube, right? Somehow. <laughs> on these some of these bags and you realize like oh my gosh i'm taking you through every single nook and cranny of the bag so you get a sense of the bag but also it's like how easy is this guy to watch <laughs> what is he talking about even it's like having a trunk monkey that's showing you a bag it's like having a drunk uncle who like who like just isn't using his racist lines <laughs> Dude, only it's more of a decisions. life philosophy than a bag review <laughs> it totally is and it's very me performing do you know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm like, I'm the product actually that you've been looking yeah. for, you know, but, but, but you're shipping those things quickly. I mean, you're, yeah. you're yeah. now to the point where you can film a video and in, in basically one take, I assume, I mean, there's, you know, some cuts in between and stuff, but you're, you're not allowing that perfectionist thing that you yeah. may have had five years ago to derail you. Well, you know what's happened is I've become more perfectionistic about what's really important about this thing. So this is what's so mm. this is what's built in to this whole thing that there's a there's a there's a, a subtle shift here where you get both and 
right? right. You, once you, you get good at shipping, then you can then you can start focusing or, your time on better videos. Yeah, or you know what this thing really is, right? Outside of what I want emotionally from the my experience in the world, which is to say, I want people to want to have sex with me. Frankly, <laughs> right? You know, I want people to be attracted and to desire me, right? Whether or not it's sexually, but just like I want, I, like it's just never enough for me. Like, apparently, up to now, it's just like never been enough. Now I'm realizing, like, dude, I got my wife, I got my kids. Like, my life is pretty rich. Like, I've got a lot. I've got friends that I'm living with. I'm basically, I have like a, I'm having like a, an extended weekend vacation with friends for a year. <laughs> we'll see if it always stays fun for people who don't know i'm literally living with another family like my family and another family are co-mingling and doing like like we're raising each other's kids we're doing meal times together we're experimenting with conscientious intentional community right and in the in the heart of, of like basically america's last beach town which is ob in san diego is really incredible but um there is this there is this subtle shift that happened. This is what this is what happens with us psychologically, right? We have emotions caught up in the in the making. So you're like, hey, I want to make uh, I want to make a course on this thing. Well, you don't know it, but a part of your identity and your ego is sort of wrapped up in this, such such that like if this turns out well you will be you will you will grow an enormous amount from it. it but if it turns out poorly you will you, you know all your failures uh, you know, the truth about yourself will be your failure or something like that right you will take it either way you will take it either way and the, and the truth is when you do this enough you realize that like oh my gosh i've never really gotten the um i've never really gotten the full uh like when you when you do something good, there's always reasons to criticize. Like like I, there was this incredible thing that would happen to me where like I'd be doing something good, and then I would like resent the people who would bu- who would be buying it because I'm like they just don't know what cool is. Like who would buy this? Like who yeah. would buy this? Right? Do you do you know what I mean, Corbett? Well, I I know what I mean from <laughs> I know what you mean from having worked with you. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Burn. <laughs> yes. Well, and and having wit. And having witnessed that, but, but, but I also witnessed the maturity that came along with it over time. Mm. And this, this idea of being able to look at yourself from an outsider's perspective is like the key to personal growth, but it's also the key to growth in business. Being able to sort of clinically almost Spock like observe what you're doing in your business and the effect that it has on your success and what you really want. Because at first, you know, you might just give into, well, I I just want everybody to love me. But then with maturity, you might realize that, well, there are other ways to accomplish that. And it's not necessarily through this video. What I really need this video to do is X, Y, and Z. And usually that's, I got to get it out the door so that people know, like, and trust me enough to purchase a product or whatever. Yeah. So, so that's, that's one layer of maturity. I think the other layer of maturity is recognizing um, that sometimes there are legitimate concerns you can have about this um, perfectionism debate with yourself. Sometimes you're having those concerns just because you're self-obsessed or you're avoiding something or you're focused on the wrong things or whatever, all, all the things that we've kind of been talking about. Other times you might be worried about the perfectionism because you legitimately are concerned whether or not this thing that you're about to release is done enough to prove your hypothesis about your business or your product. Yeah. And 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 that's something that I think sometimes 
when you're having this debate in your own head about, well, should I just ship this thing or should I keep working on it? All this stuff gets kind of intermingled and you kind of don't know which way is up, especially your yeah. first time around yeah. because you're wondering, am I just being a stupid perfectionism or perfectionist or am I worried about this too much or um, am I afraid to ship this thing? But at the same time, you're having these, maybe you're having these like twinges of legitimate concerns over, well, is this product actually good enough for anybody to use? And if I get feedback on this thing and somebody tells me that my product sucks, is it because I didn't spend an extra couple of months on it putting in these other two little features that would have made it better? Yeah. And those are real. And that's where when we talk about the minimum viable product over and over again, we've talked about that ad nauseum. Um, I think the question is, well, what is viable right about right. this? It doesn't mean minimum period. It means minimum viable. And so what's the least amount of stuff that you can put into this product and get it out there so that it is useful to someone so that you can get valuable feedback. And that is feedback, yeah. probably as much art and gut as it is science. Yeah, this is this is really important, and this is where again that sh there's this shuttle sh shift that can happen when, and I think it has something to do with with getting through your own emotional your own emotional need for acceptance, approval. This goes back to the waiting for someone to give you permission. The you know yeah. the, like Billy Corgan kind of thing. Like we look for that because we you already have everything that you need to get going and to do your thing. You will look back on your life and you will you will see how powerful you were not not how weak you were right i think that's just what's going to happen you're going to look back and you're going to see i can't believe you'll have the opportunity to say i wish i did more you will also have the opportunity to see how much you did right and i just mm. think that that like looking going forward and then looking back choosing to do it with with a kind of gratitude appreciation almost a, just just subtly leaning the needle towards optimism right which which like it just it it has its benefits there's just a little bit more there's just a little more it's a better perfume it's a better aroma <laughs> in the air when you do that you know there's like a scent to that it's like a feeling in that the um there's the there's the waiting for permission Right. There's this, all these subtle emotional, like interpersonal emotional stuff, which actually is like, I mean, this is your family of origins. This is your sense of self. This is your relationship with God. This is your, your whatever your, whatever, wherever you go with it, you know? And then though, there is the work. And, um, and we work ourselves out in the work. Like we really do. We really, we really work ourselves out in the work, but we, but the work takes on a different, just a different tone when it shifts into the direction that Corbett's talking about, where we're talking about, I have a hypothesis about a business that's actually useful, right? We have, a, we have a hypothesis about a business that could actually be useful. I know that I could, you know, like, it's like, I don't create the usefulness of this thing. The, the, the market already has the desire. Like consciousness has gotten to a point where it's like, we really want a little, like <laughs> little sealed package that we could just throw into our dishwasher and everything dissolves automatic, like auto somehow <laughs> miraculously, like, like the soap just dispenses. Like that's where consciousness is right now, right? There's a desire out there for that to be easier, right? There's a desire out there for life to be better. There's a desire out there to have more of what I want and less of what I don't want. 
right? And that might relate to, you know, whatever, chiptune 8-bit music for all you video game nerds out there. It might relate to, I mean, you certainly for a vast majority of a wide swath of the population, there's like straight up video games just being played. There's all the entertainment stuff. There's like that movie Get Out. You know what it's like? That movie is a product. It's so good. It's such a good product. It solves a meaningful problem in the world. It addresses an a, a legitimate concern in the world. So it's like there's this desire in the market, this this concern in the world, this worry, this conscious energy that is in flux around a certain topic. Like right now, like 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 America and and, and building the wall and Trump and race relations and class relations and this is just like there's all this psychic energy sort of like we're just we can't get enough of it right those are like the beasts like in, in, in meditation there's like a way of thinking about how your subconscious mind's like this elephant and your conscious mind's like a, a, the guy on top of the elephant riding the elephant right and over time when they learn how to speak to each other and how to understand each other they can go they they can both kind of like like they can work with each other right well i'm i'm saying like like, and this might not be helpful for some people, but maybe it is for, for you because it is for me to think about that desire in the market, to think about that, um, like you harness one of these wild animals out there. You don't create the wild animal. You harness this psychic energy out there in the world. You put a harness on it. You put some, some reins on it and you say, I'm going to hitch my wagon to this urge, desire, hope, uh, uh, fear, worry, uh, whatever in the world. And I'm going to make something meaningful in it. Right. Because it's like, a, it's like, it's like the place where you connect with all these different people from all these different walks of life. They all know what it's like to have lower back pain or whatever it is that you're about. <laughs> right. Like <laughs> this is the, this is, um, this is where the perfectionism can turn from, from that, in, that, that, inside focus that ego focus like am i good enough do you want me do they want me am i likable am i wantable right to like what would be good like what would solve my problem what would solve their problem what are the results that i could see in people's lives is this a worthwhile worthwhile valuable thing like is this likely to pay the bills is this likely to be something that can motivate me for the long haul like solving this problem does this actually get me excited for for potentially the long haul is there a business in this that i could create and even you know have other people run emith style for me that like i'd be glad that i did right this is all this is this is where that per- perfectionism ends up serving you in a meaningful way when your perfectionism learns the importance of constraint, right? The constraint is, is like, we have to get something out the door, right? The constraint is if we don't get something out the door, we're, we're prone to just be thinking and fantasize about something for forever, Right. And, and, and like, we're prone to do that. We're prone to actually be excited about this thing coming down the line. I can't wait to see what happens with it. Right. And we're prone to three years from now still be in the same boat or that thing has just fizzled out completely. We're on something else. Cause like Corbett said, these dreamers, you can kind of just float from one idea to the next to the next. You're just dopamining the whole time. Just bing, bing, bing. It's like you're playing the slot machines. Oh, this is terrific. And literally, you know, you're losing money. <laughs> you know, so yeah. I don't know. That's that, that's like a, like the third long diatribe monologue I, I've had on this. <laughs> uh, well, I'm sorry, guys. What, what, it's what? a rich vein we struck here. Yes, yes, it's all <laughs> it good. Is, it's all good. It is a rich vein, man, because this is like this is this the is meat. kind of it. This is kind of the the struggle. It's the meat and potatoes of uh, of independent entrepreneurship to me. 
because you have at your fingertips the ability to do literally anything. You know, you can make a course on anything. You could create a podcast on anything. You could, but you got to do something. You could start a YouTube channel or a blog. You can just do a Facebook page and you could just start to build. We just go where the people are. You could create fake news if you just want the attention, right? You could just do, yeah. you could do what like other famous bloggers have done at certain points and you start up one of those like celebrity gossip sites where it's just pictures of cleavage and like, and, and like, Plenty uh, shots, Chase. You know, you know what else I could do? What could you do now? What else? I could tell you about Gusto because if you have a small business or you know someone who does, you probably know that small business owners wear a lot of hats, and some of those hats are totally great, but some, like filing taxes, running payroll, for example, not so great. That's where Gusto comes in. Gusto makes payroll, taxes, and HR actually easy for small businesses. I love how I'm just letting this happen right now. This is cool. (laughs) (laughs) They have fast, simple payroll processing benefits and expert HR support all in one place. Gusto automatically pays and files your federal, state, and local taxes so you don't have to worry about it. Plus, they make it easy to add on health benefits and even 401ks for your team. Those old school clunky payroll providers, the ones that I hate personally, they just weren't built for the way that modern small businesses work. But Gusto is. Plus, listeners of The Fizzle Show get three months free when they run their first payroll. So try a demo and see for yourself over at gusto.com slash fizzle. That's gusto.com slash fizzle. I love that. Delicate dovetail. (laughs) (laughs) Well done, sir. Our thanks to Gusto for supporting independent entrepreneurship and the Fizzle Show. Um, I feel like we should put a pin in this. I think this is a question that's going to be swirling around in people's heads. And the truth is, they're, they're going to be their own guide on this. I think every individual is going to be like, like, there are certain things in my life that I taught myself that I tried to make it so that I learned it from other people, but it was really me, tr- me learning it myself. Like I was teaching mm-hmm. myself. You, there is zero substitute for that in life. The kind of, the kind of, uh, I don't know, of, of I'm a real boy-ness, you know, Pinocchio style. Like yeah. I'm a real boy-ness that, 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 that gives you, that's a, ca- that's a, that's a quality. That's a fragrance. You just don't get from like, I love listening to Alan Watts and Ram Dass and like Terrence McKenna and all my people that I listen to and love to learn from, right. About just the histories and the origins of the whole nine yards and all the, all the make believe and all the real things. And the, but they've never, well, none of them have really given me the thing that I've been able to give myself around learning over time, those lessons that oftentimes they're speaking on, you know, but it changes when it comes from inside, doesn't it? True. It does. It does. But I would imagine that on that journey you've been on, just like the entrepreneurial journey, when you listen to people like that, occasionally they say something that sticks in your brain and, and they tell you about a milestone or a milepost or a signpost or something that you should be watching out for. That's going to lead to, uh, you know, a a change in direction or a a transformation or something. And that helps you when you see that thing. And, you know, then you can recognize it in hindsight that, oh, that, that advice was helpful. And, and, uh, if I had just fumbled in the dark by myself, I probably would have missed that, that milepost and I would have just kept on going. And who knows if I would have ended up in the same place. So what, what I would love to leave the listeners with right now, if, if they're in the struggle phase and they haven't shipped something and they're wrestling with this idea of perfectionism and, and coveting their project 
to themselves and living off of the dopamine of just working on it before actually getting it out there. I would love to say, just trust us, err on the side of shipping this thing, because even though you need to go through this process on your own, you need to learn what the right balance between shipping something and making it perfect is for you and your customers. You also need to go through the exercise of shipping things many, many, many times to get to that level where you're able to look objectively at your own business and understand uh, what that balance needs to be. So whatever you're working on, just err on the side of shipping and get something out when it feels a little uncomfortable to do so and then move on and do the next and the next and the next. And when you look back on that, when you look back on having shipped that thing, even though it felt early at the time, Hopefully you'll say, ah, those fizzle guys, they were on to something. And I'm really glad I listened to them. <laughs> I love it. Wow. I love it. Aiden, any closing words? Well, actually, Aiden, maybe you could mention for a second, um, this is so related to the Just Ship It Challenge that's going on in Fizzle. Can you just tell people what that is that you guys are doing right now? Yeah, this is, uh, this is almost no different than the free Just Ship It Challenge that you can get um, simply by going to, uh, I believe, uh, fizzle, fizzle.co slash Help me out, guys. I think it's ship it. Just ship it. Yeah. So this is this is a challenge that anybody, all listeners, you don't have to be a part of Fizzle. You can take this challenge, but it's a it's like a twenty seven day series of of emails, which is amazing, full of videos, really really valuable stuff, uh, available to anyone. However, if you are a part of Fizzle, and if you were a part of Fizzle towards the beginning of the year, you would have had an opportunity to get in a group that is being facilitated throughout the entire challenge by us um, live. So, um, that, that's a really, really, really special experience so far. We're about two and a half weeks in and, um, some of the dialogue and some of the progress that people are making already is, is really, really stunning. Um, and just the final thought to echo Corbett is my personal philosophy of entrepreneurship is doing by any means and all means necessary living to fight another day. Um, and I believe that dialing in your just shipping skills is how to do that. It allows you to not only live, not only fight, but better yourself that next day. So um, I'm I'm a whole wholeheartedly a, a proponent of the uh, getting shit done and uh, and then honing your skill uh, as you do it. Love it, love it. That's amazing. Okay, cool. So just in case you didn't know that inside of Fizzle. There's activities like this going on. There's 40 plus courses. There are uh, a community, a whole entire community of people in, in a, in a, <laughs> in an actual platform, a technology that we like, like, like we created that Corbett specifically created to solve our own problems for finding how, how, like, how a technological platform can facilitate community. Facebook's to this, forums are to that, right? Like Slack is to that. We needed something in the middle. And I think you might find that the way that the platform works itself is is so suitable to the way you want to be getting like, hey, here's a quick question, getting some answers from it. Someone else has a question, you've got an answer, being able to pop right in and do it. Getting to mm-hmm. see like and keep up on, on what's going on, that community. And it just I find that it keeps people motivated. It just keeps them in the game. You know, which is which is like I mean, geez, how valuable is that? Yeah, the okay? progress is crazy. Totally. And so for, for listeners of the show, you can always try five weeks for free when you go to fizzle.co slash try five, okay? So fizzle.co slash try five. 
All right, that's it for this episode. I have a little announcement. I, I, I don't know for sure if I'm going to do this, but I'm thinking about it. So if you listener, if you're curious or interested in it, send me an email, chasereeves at gmail, okay? Chasereeves at gmail. Just send me an email that about what you if you'd be interested in it or not. But I think on in the first week of March, I'm going to start like a three-week. I'm going to do a group training, a group sort of coaching thing, limited amount of s- slots. And we're going to, I think we're going to tear right into what should you like. I, like the thing I have right now is like, it's like the, it's a, a what should I be working on intensive? <laughs> like you know where it's like you come to the you come to the computer every morning like wait what should I be working on again? Like I just don't want that. I don't want that in people's lives. Like I want them to know what they're working on right now. I want them to know when it's going to be done. I want them to know how they're going to finish it. I want them to know what the thoughts are that they're going to have about when it is done. Like it, like here's how I think it's going to behave and what this is going to enable for me when I'm done with it. So it's kind of what we've been talking about. I've been putting this together with my wife a little bit, and we're going to do like a, a group coaching thing. So if you're interested in it, chasereeves at gmail.com. Let me know. Fire out the things. And if this conversation was helpful for you, maybe you should share this with someone because I think this is just a real, I think this is just a really real conversation about being an entrepreneur. There's just not a lot of bullet points and bells and whistles in this thing. It's just, this is what it feels like, you guys. And you can do this. It's, it's totally doable. If I'm doing it, you know you can do it. Like, you're way more balanced than me in your life. <laughs> Guaranteed. <laughs> All right, Corbett, 100%. Aiden, thanks for, uh, thanks for being here. And dear always. listener, thank you for... Uh, for your attention, as always, find care. Well, first of all, you can get all the show notes and links for this at fizzleshow.co slash 305. That's 305. Fizzleshow.co slash 305. Find care, take care, serve hard, and dig in, y'all. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you next week on The Fizzle Show. Bye-bye.